Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Wednesday, September 20th. Peacemakers who sow seeds of peace. Today's scripture reading is found in James chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, from the New International Version, mostly. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure, but it is also peacemaking, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And peacemakers who sow seeds of peace will reap a harvest of righteousness and justice and mercy. This is God's Word. I find the translation peace-loving, Luther's Friedfertig, literally means peace-ready, insufficient. These are the words of Pincus Lepidae again. For it signifies a readiness of an almost passive nature, a consent to peace, without any urge towards action, whereas Jesus had in mind a vigorous working for peace, which amounts to doing the will of God. Yes, this once again is Pincus Lepidae, Orthodox Jewish theologian, writing on peacemaking in the Sermon on the Mount. Lepidae continues, Nor are those who voluntarily take this duty upon themselves children, as Luther imprecisely renders it, but mature adult sons and daughters, who, though always dependent on their father, are nevertheless mature in their piety and responsible for their actions. The mistranslation, children, frequently used by Luther, can be an enticement to powerlessness, to seeing childlike security in the lap of a sort of maternal god whose chief function seems to be helping, consoling, and protecting. A belated cutting of such an umbilical cord is needed in struggling to be independent sons and daughters of God who, even amidst tensions and frictions, collaborate in the building of peace. Pause. Think on that. An aggressive, as opposed to passive, collaborator in the building of peace. That is a peacemaker. Okay, unpause. Lapide continues. Even in this key concept, peace, the Greek text misleads us into too narrow a meaning. For shalom corresponds neither to the irene or not war of the Greeks, nor to the pax or coordination of power of the Romans. Shalom means primarily an integral wholeness, the antithesis of all schizophrenia and division. The wholeness is three-dimensional. Okay, <laughs> I just put an exclamation point. This is an Orthodox Jewish theologian, and he just said the wholeness is three-dimensional. Okay, I just love it. Okay, I'm just reading layers there, geeking out. I'll continue. This wholeness is three-dimensional, reflecting a unique God-willed harmony. Directed within, it is purity of heart. Directed above, it is being at one with God. Directed to all sides, it is human unity. 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Ah, okay, anyway, sorry. In the biblical understanding of wholeness, the political, social, and religious are no more to be separated from one another than our body and soul, or nature and culture. End of quote from Lapide. Peacemaking is more than getting opposing sides to say, I'm sorry. You know, the way parents often engage in peacemaking by dutifully making the first sibling say, I'm sorry, and then prodding the other to say it back, I'm sorry too. Especially if that second sibling is like my youngest grandson, who when four or five found himself in this classic scenario with his older sister, with mom standing by urging the sister to say her, I'm sorry. As my grandson then waited, the pause lengthening, Damie, and what do you say to your sister? asked mom. I know you are, and I forgive you. Which, though the right words on one level, were not in fact the right words at all. Peacemaking is more than getting offended parties to say the right words, to play their parts. It's about aggressively collaborating with them to build peace by mutually working to pursue healing and restore wholeness to what has been fractured, which highlights the challenge in peacemaking. We midwife this more than we make it. We sow peace looking towards a harvest. We don't create an instant crop. We help parties at odds to breathe through the birth of reconciliation. We don't usher the full-grown child into the room. All right, this is undoubtedly what's wrapped up in Paul's stated confidence that Philemon would do even more than he was asking. He was after something more than having them merely deliver their lines on cue. No, grudging compliance simply won't do here. He's sowing seeds of peace in a fractured relationship in hope of a harvest with cosmic implications over which he had no more control than a gardener tilling and sowing and then waiting patiently for the early and the latter rain as he watches for the first sprouting blade of green, then the full fruit in the air, and then, well, it's harvest time. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder, how would you define Peace. How do we make peace happen? What helps and what doesn't? Lord, put me in the room. This time with Paul, the would-be peacemaker. Put me in that room far away as he awaits the outcome. And as I sit with him there wearing that same confining chain, teach me how to trust you with all outcomes, even as he had learned to trust. Teach me how to be bold as a peacemaker, as he had learned to be bold. And teach me the difference between unholy and unhealthy meddling and timely and healing peacemaking. Shape me into a little big man, who can bear the weight of our human chasms as I too become a divine agent who tears down walls rather than building them. Your mercies.